Welcome home. If you found your way here, you are definitely a part of my tribe. My name is Desria Jackson. This is the Black Hair Conspiracy Podcast. I had a conversation the other day with a young man who stressed to me with great depression that he felt like he was being overlooked. And I said to him that I know we all been down that road where it feels like we're being overlooked and someone else is winning or the devil is, is making his advancements. But I'm trying to tell you right now, you're not being overlooked. You're never, never being overlooked. God never forgets you. He never, he never ignores you or forgets about you. The problem is you are among a circle of people that is not a part of your destiny. And that's why you're not getting the anointment or attention that you're supposed to. I told him I understand, and I've been through that same feeling too, many times. And whenever I go through those situations, what I do is I go back to a scenario and I replay my whole situation in my head from the beginning to the middle to the end on how it ended and how I came up and how I was blessed. And that helps to remind me that my time is coming. This is only a sign that this is not the time yet. And when is my time? I won't be overlooked because the people that are supposed to be there for me is going to be there for me. When I am amongst that circle, they're going to praise and lift me and understand me. Share a story with you. It was probably around early 2000. I used to work for Activision Video Game. Now, I started as a, I mean, I was a professional temp, y'all. I'm telling you, I will literally do from one job to another job. And it went on for several years. And I came into Activision as data entry. I was getting paid $7 an hour, I believe, and I was doing data entry. Now, they brought in about, I think, 13 of us. At the time when they brought us all in, I didn't expect it to last long. If you've done temp job, they'll tell you that this is going to last approximately X amount of time. So I was expecting this job to last me about three weeks. We went in. I sat down. And I started um, the data entry after I was, you know, someone taught me what they wanted, the system they was using. Activision at that time had their own system. And the system, I'll never forget it, was called Jelco. Or maybe I did forget it. it. I think it was Jelco or Gelco or something like that. Okay, I forgot it. (laughs) So what happened was I'm sitting there typing in the data entry. And... I'm going, you know, I got my swing on it, and I'm going, I'm going. Around the third day, I started getting extra fast, really fast with this. I got so fast that they actually decided to let go a few of the data entry people and kept only two of us. And 
And one day, one of the guys that work at Activision came and he would stand behind me as I would do the data entry. Of course, I was a little concerned because all of a sudden, why are he's looking at me? What am I doing? I know I'm getting it in. I'm like, I mean, I'm good with this. I'm pretty confident in what I'm doing. And as I'm doing it, he will like leave and go back to his office and he'll do something I could see through his window. He'll start going to his computer and then he'll come back and he'll watch me. Then he'll go back. And this went on for a couple of days. And then one day he said to me, stop right there. As I was keying in a particular number, he said, how did you get to that screen? And I said, well, um, and I showed him the little process I did. And he said, you jumped to the back of the screen. And I said, no, no, no. He said, yeah, you missed stages. And I told him, well, technically, okay, yeah, I did miss stages as far as like putting, you know, the same data in there. But technically, I'm able to go from this screen to this screen and just fill in the added information. And when I save it, everything is still there. So he would then go back into his office and look back at, uh, you know, his computer. And then he came back to me and said, I want you to show me step by step what you're doing. And then this was, this was the first time I ever heard someone say it concerning computers. He said, you found a back door. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. And he's like, so now I got two or like two more guys, it's total three guys looking around me and they're all making notes. And the other rep, the other temp that was there, they sent her home and said she didn't need to come back. So they basically just kept me and they will come every day and look behind me and they'll make some notes and look at what I'm doing and go back to their office. Later I found out that this was the person who Basically, he was the programmer, and he created the actual system that Activision was using for um, their company. He was the inventor and creator of it, and I had found a backdoor to his program. So he was basically, I guess, doing his own research and data um, while I'm also doing my data entry. Now, when I was finished, I went home. The assignment only lasted, you know, like I said, it, it wasn't going to last that long. And I left and, you know, said goodbye to everybody. And I was really, you guys, I was living in South Central. I had a, two kids and I wasn't acting in the sense of like, um, you know, going to auditions or anything. So I really was looking for a job and I wanted, you know, I, I enjoyed temping and learning my different skills. Now, I get a call back from the agency two days later saying that the company wants me to come back, but they want me to go to the second floor. And I was like, okay. Um, so I come back, and then also the next step was please dress um, very um, business. Um, so I was like, okay, because our data entry job allowed us to dress business casual. But now they wanted me to make sure that I dressed business. So I got to the job, got to Activision, and waited around. And the same guy who was the programming, him and another lady said, I'm going to take you to the second floor. We are 
we don't we're hiring a marketing it was called trade marketing a marketing department they said they totally have to get four people at this time they only had one person coming on and he was the i guess the head they was um, hiring this really big exec from another company but he needed someone to help him during the time and they felt that i could help him and for me you know i'm they take me up to the second floor they're giving me this really nice little sp space and i'm a little bit taken back because i don't know what they want me to do at this point and then finally they say to me we want you to just continue putting that data in that you've been doing but he will help guide you and show you some more things to add with it i said okay so same day this guy comes in big he was like a big wig he comes in and uh his name is john delulo john was like uh we're short staffed like you're the only person they gave me and i was like yeah and what do we do i don't even know what this department is and then john said to me it's called trade marketing I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what trade marketing was, so he educated me a little bit. He let me know it's not the same as just um, we put out ads, but trade markets means that we go to the trades and we'll put ads inside of like certain magazines or papers. And I said, oh, okay. Now, John and I were the only two that was there, and I would do this data entry over and over and over and put it in the system. At some point, John started coming to me and saying, okay, I need you to turn Jelko. I need you to turn it for France. I need you to turn it for Austria. And what he meant by that was that basically the, the executives in, in Austria or France, each exec salesperson will have literally maybe a hundred to 300 people under them but before that they can do certain things they need to do they needed me to open up a certain kind of market of funds so that they can start doing um, ads or placing it and the big thing around that time was Tony Hawk 2 so this was a huge project for Activision and it was my job along with John DeLuto to what they call turn Jelko so that all over the world the salespeople and the teams are able to do what they need to do and mind you like I said this is just me and him working this and it got to the point where we would stay at like 11 o'clock one o'clock in the morning we would stay so many nights he was like okay i'm gonna order some chinese food he was like we gotta do this like so he would tell me what to do and then i'll do the data entry and then at some point we started having other problems and when i say to you it would be spreadsheets that'd be 1000 pages long and he would say we're off 10 cents and we have to go back through all of these pages to figure out where that dime is missing because if you don't put it in the right place, then it's still off in other places. But if you find the right place, then it populates naturally throughout the whole spreadsheet. And then the numbers line up. Well, John and I built a really great relationship. Um, and things started moving. We, you know, long story short, not only did we successfully launch Tony Hawk 2, but we came under budget and Activision threw a huge ceremony, a huge party, and John moved me to a office 
to <laughs> next door to his office because I guess technically it would have went to whoever would have been his actual, um, you know, partner within this department. And I moved into the office, so I'm over here like, okay, I'm moving from a receptionist. And at this point, I'm only getting paid $9 an hour, guys. But I was, at some point, I started realizing they started calling me a analyst. But when I would go to my car, I noticed the company would have all these other analysts and they were driving Lamborghinis or sports cars. And here I was in my little push, push bucket, right? I mean, really push, push bucket. I had a, let me see, a Pontiac Sunbird. Now I remember, I had a Pontiac Sunbird that was old, beat up and tow up. And, but I was doing what they were doing in different departments. So at some point, I remember calling my, um, the agency and I let them know like you know what I need more money this is not right um, I'm barely I'm spending a lot of hours here and I'm not I I rather if they can't pay me more I rather just go to another agency I remember feeling overlooked I remember feeling like I no one was giving me attention or respect for the kind of work that I was putting in and figuring out as I go and I even had a conversation with someone there one time, and I said, I feel as an analyst I should be paying more. And then they let me know that, well, all of the analysts here are Harvard graduates, and they do a lot more than just what I'm doing in turning Joko. And I felt like, okay, well, then they do more than show me what they're doing. So he took some time and he showed me a little bit more how the spreadsheets work and how to, you know, populate some of the stuff and I started contributing and doing a little bit more but they wasn't still recognizing me or looking to hire me and when I tell you that Tony Hawk launch was huge for the company I remember standing at the back of the tent because they 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 catered this whole event and, and I mean it, it looked so first class they had on top of the, um, not on top, but in the lot, the Activision lot, they had a whole tent, they had valet parking, they had it all nicely decked out, and, and people was going up on stage and giving speeches, and even, you know, my um, department went up on stage, and they was praising him for coming under budget, and I remember, like, that was both of us. Like, that was both of us, but, I wasn't getting recognized, and I didn't care either. At some point, it just didn't matter as much. I just wanted, okay, give me more money, and I did. Instantly, they gave me, I think I negotiated $13 an hour. Now, mind you, I mean, it was a temp agency. I was really looking for the payout to be Activision to hire me on full time like I watched so many of the temps come through there and get hired on time went on and they would not hire me in fact John ended up getting the kind of people he needed they hired this um, guy he was a um, Asian guy he had just graduated from Harvard and he I remember him walking up to my desk and saying to me could um, hi, introduce himself, and then I'm being told that I am supposed to teach him everything that I know about Joko and train him, and he will be taking over my job position. 
and he, you know, got his office and everything, and I did that, and I trained him. And I'm pretty sure you guys been down that road, too, where you're training the people who's taking your position. So, but John was so advocate. He was like, no, you know what? We're going to put you in another department. We're not going to just let you go because my temp agency, you know, the assignment is now was over. It was a successful launch. We was a million dollars under budget is what I was told. Well, they then came up with sending me as an executive assistant to some of the senior VPs. And I remember there was three senior VPs and they all wanted me. They was very much like, when I say to you, the environment was loving and, and they were very much like, yes, we want her. They, they saw my potential, but they wouldn't hire me, you guys. Like the only thing I wanted as far as some form of thank you was a regular job so that I can have know for sure that you know what my pay salary is and I can support my family I just wanted something fair and equal they never hired me but instead they kept giving me assignments and assignments assignments turned into projects and in a short time you guys I started to recognize that I had a special gift without knowing that I had a special gift I realized that I was good at negotiating. I realized that I was good at budgeting. I was good at details. I was good at seeing obstacles and how to, and, and being able to creatively come over it. I saw that I was a creator. When it was so many different things I was going through during this transition with Activision that one day I decided, you know what? I'm just going to leave. If I was able, and this was my precise thinking, if I was able to literally be a part of a team that helped to go under budget $1 million, I could definitely run a home business. I decided to start my braiding business. I decided to braid here at home. I decided to put together my own budget plan. I learned a little bit about trade marketing. I learned how to put together some analytical things. And I launched Mahogany Maine. And all at the same time I started doing Mahogany Maine, I would go ahead and go to work and, and during the week weekends and I would braid hair and then I would put the money aside. I came up with a, a I mean, it was like a three-part plan. It was never just one part. And the next part was investing in real estate. And I remember, you know, saying, okay, I already know how to um, do some things and to negotiate. I came up with a whole plan, put money aside, and the next thing I knew I was um, also buying real estate. And this was back in the early 2000s. All I know was before I knew it, I remember having a going to work one day and I did a successful project for this new department. They had this thing, the first time I ever heard of thing called E3, and they put me in charge again, all this stuff together for E3. But at the end of the day, I wasn't allowed to go to the event. Um, their main secretary was the one who was going to go to the event. And once again, I felt very overlooked. And I said to myself, wait a minute, I'm just going to stay focused on my plan. And one day I'm going to leave this job. Since they won't hire me, 
I'm just going to leave and I'm going to come back pulling up in a BMW and visiting everybody on the staff and showing them that I started my own company. That was my focus. Well, I remember the day I left Activision. Everybody gave me hugs and everything. I left and I had started my company, Mahogany Maine, and I was doing braids. I had was a full full-fledged braidery. I was making like a grand a week, which was a lot back then for me on braids. And then I was also um started making my products that was when i was making black silk products i was making my little products to use with my clients here and then that alone the products alone on the side was also making another grand like per week and i'm just making my products and doing hair and then i'll take the money and then i started you know putting it aside and i started flipping it and flipping it next thing i knew when i tell you i built a whole damn house in south central Ah, uh, the profit on that house. And then I kept, I redid it again. I remember going to the dealership to just get a decent car because I had a lot of, I was like all over town every minute. And the dealer is the one that talked me into looking at um, one of their higher end BMWs. And I just was feeling like, I don't know. It was an M3 at the time, brand new M3 on the market. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And at the time, I had just met my boyfriend, my husband, who turned into my boyfriend, and I spoke to him, and he was like, can you afford to buy it? I said, oh, yeah, I can afford a car. That The payments ain't nothing. Compared to the kind of money I was making from braids and real estate and the way I was saving, I mean, it was just a drop in the bucket for me. And his advice to me was, then get it for you. Then get it. And I was like, you know what? I am going to get it. And I remember buying that. M3, brand new BMW, and the first thing I said I was going to do was drive to Activision and visit all everybody because this was a symbol that my business was successful. I pulled up, you guys, and when I pulled up to Activision, went into the building, the secretary who normally greets the front desk that normally greet me for years when I was working there, she's a, you know, the lady, she was no longer there with somebody completely new. I usually would be able to just like walk in. I knew the different offices and I'll say, Hey, hi. And I'll talk to everybody, but everything was so different. Nobody was there. Um, I went to the mail room. Nobody, it was different people. I went upstairs. When I say to you, that whole company was gutted. So I went to the receptionist and asked her, what's going on? Where is such and such? Where is such and such? Who's, where's the, and she said, oh, there's new owners, I guess. I don't know what the deal was, but basically the people who's in charge now, everybody was gone. And I was like, wow, here I am driving my brand new BMW sports car on a high end, my company being successful. I'm making a lot of money, and I came to say hi to everybody and show them that I'll be okay. See, I did the right thing, and not knowing the whole time, God had already put me in the direction I was supposed to go in. I was never supposed to be there. I was never supposed to be recognized by them. I was never supposed to be hired, because if I was, I would 
not have came to the conclusions and the, made the steps that led to my destiny. I would have never started real estate. I would have never started to um, formulate my company. I would have never did all these things because I would have been satisfied where God needed me to be. He didn't want me to be satisfied. So therefore, he kept me dissatisfied. And that's what happens to you. Sometimes you're not being acknowledged or recognized because you are not supposed to be happy or satisfied at that position. There is something more and greater for you. And only until you recognize it, until you leave it alone and move forward, will you get greater. See, sometimes some of us is content in a bad situation. Some of us is satisfied with the mediocrity that we are presented with. Some of us feel like we can't get anything better or do anything better, so we stay in a bad situation. But when you start to realize, when you truly understand that the sign of being not satisfied is saying that you are not in your calling or you are not where you're supposed to be, then you start to reevaluate and say, I'm ready to take a chance and find myself and all the things that I'm supposed to be. And that instantly, I was so happy that they never hired me because I would never be all the things I am today. This is Desrita Jackson with the Black Hair Conspiracy.